while greetings in the majestic and wonderful name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is another great, great occasion and I believe it's going to be a blessed and powerful time as we're going to share the word of God and um, I believe that God is going to minister to our hearts. I believe God is going to do an amazing, amazing work. This is the type of message that I want to that I want to spend time on teaching that's going to bring just hope and revive us. Hope and revive. Because we need that. We need to know that in these last days, as perilous times are coming, we know that our faith is going to be tested. And daily we are facing um, moments or trials, trials of faith, you know, where our faith is being tested to bring forth the genuineness of our faith. And um, without understanding properly, without understanding clearly, we will not, we will not then yield ourselves to the processes of God. And um, we're going to learn through this wonderful book of James, James chapter 1. Now, I've read this many a times, but it has never spoken to me as in a time such as this. And I believe that through this teaching, this book is going to be, an, this teaching is going to be an encouragement and it's going to uplift you. And it's going to bring you, it's going to bring perspective. And um, I'm going to break it down into three to four segments. And I pray that through this, you will have anticipation for the next teaching because it's just going to build us from glory to glory and from strength to strength. So let's get ready as we begin to go into the text today, as we turn to the book of James. Now, before we start, let's just pray. Father, I pray today that you will lead us and guide us. Lord, as we open up the text and the scriptures, open up my eyes to behold the wondrous things that is in thy law. I pray today, Father God, that you will bless, bless us today as we, as we, as we, work through this particular text father that every person will be uplifted every person will be strengthened and every person will be encouraged and father god that we will press on we will pursue and we will believe we will believe father god that you are able that you are able and that we will trust in you and that we will continue to um just have faith that god that you will strengthen us i thank you today father for this in jesus mighty and majestic name glory be to god so as we turn to the book of james right the letter of james is possibly the first new testament letter to be written it seems to have been addressed mainly to jewish christians not to a specific local church but to jewish christians in general like god's people in in later old testament times these christians were scattered throughout the region of the bible story for the indications of this jewish background to the book are, are the writer's reference to the Christians meeting at as a synagogue and his references to the law of Moses. From the early Christian times, it has been understood that the person named James who wrote this letter was James, the brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. And during Jesus' earthly ministry, James and his brothers did not believe to be him to be the Messiah. And we find this in the book of John, chapter 7, verses 3 to 5. You know, when, when, when they came to Jesus and they didn't believe that he was the Messiah. The Bible says, His brethren and therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, sow thyself to the world, for neither did his brethren believe in him. But by this time of his ascension, they had become believers. This suggests that Jesus' special appearance to James after their res resurrection may have helped turn him and his brothers from unbelief to faith. James later became the most prominent leader in Jerusalem church. 
Though most of the Jews in Jerusalem church still yelled to the former beliefs and customs, James was not in bondage to the law. He constantly encouraged his fellow Jews to be more tolerant of others. The common people respected him for his sincere faith and called him James the Just. Now, James had a specific purpose in writing this letter. And what was that purpose? The Jews who became Christians had the advantages of long-established belief in God and a moral outlook modeled by the law of Moses. But these advantages could also have become a hindrance to some of them. Some Christians were so devoted to the Lord that they became they became legalistic in their Christianity and lacked vitality, and others er erred in their opposite direction. Now that they were released from the law's restrictions, they thought they were free to join in whatever practices were common in the society around them. As a result, their behavior became unchristlike or unchristian. James dealt with these problems by giving teachings on the nature of Christian faith. Faith is not obedience to a set, rule, set of rules, nor is, it a, nor is it mere intellectual belief. It is something that is living and it expresses itself in right behavior. It does not give people the right to do as they like, but directs them towards a greater love for God and for others. Christian faith changes people's thinking and behavior and is relevant to the problems of a daily life and enables Christians to live positively for God in an ungodly society without accepting the ungodly standards of that specific society. This applies to the Jewish Christians, not only to the Jewish Christians, but to all of God's people. And therefore, when we turn to the book of James chapter 1, we're going to focus on a few scriptures from this particular text. And we're going to ask God to help us, enable us, and enlighten us. And we're going to read, and I'm excited because I know God is going to do an amazing work. Amen. An amazing, amazing work. So we're going to read in the book of James and we're going to we're going to use for today for today's reading we're going to use the NLT translation but then we're going to use some of the NIV and King James version as we continue in the teaching right so the bible then now says in James chapter 1 from verses 1 this letter is from James a slave of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ i'm writing to the 12 tribes the jewish believers scattered abroad and he says greetings. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come, your way considered an opportunity for great joy. For, excuse me. For you know when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. And he will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person who divided loyalty is and unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. And they will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers, and the little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. And our final verse for this teaching is going to come from James 1 verses 12. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. 
Afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love Him. Are we going to work through this text in a in not only one setting but a couple of as we're going to break it down into several segments? We thank God for this. Hallelujah! We are ready to get into this exciting teaching. Now, if you want the rainbow, you've got to put up with the rain. That's a quote that I've that I've received received while studying this. You know, if you want the rainbow, <coughs> you've got to put up with the rain. Perhaps you have seen the bumper sticker that reads, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade. Now, it's easy to smile at that statement than to practice it. But the basic philosophy is sound. In fact, that is a biblical statement. Throughout the Bible, people who turned defeat into victory and trial in foot triumph, instead of being victims, they became victors. I thank God today that we have people that's going to turn, gonna turn defeat into victory and trials into triumphs. We thank God that we're gonna we're not gonna be the victims, but we're gonna be known as the victors. The devil is a liar. Can somebody say amen? So James tells us that we can have the same experience today, no matter what the trials may be on the outside or the temptations on the inside. Through faith in Jesus Christ and Him alone, we can experience victory. Paul writes and he says, Praise be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. So we know that when we go through all of these testings and trials, the end result is spiritual maturity. The victory at the end is spiritual maturity. If we are going to turn trials into triumphs, we must obey four imperatives. We need to count, we need to know, we need to let, and we need to ask. The let and we need to ask. Hallelujah. We need to make sure there are four essentials to victory in trials. And over the next few weeks, we're going to deal with these four important, important, um, important points on, on victory or essentials to victory in trials. And this is going to be exciting. And so today we're going to start with a joyful attitude. A joyful attitude. Remember now, James says, count it all joy. Let's just read it again. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. Those were the words. He says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it opportunity for great joy. For great joy. Hallelujah. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. That is that is that, that, that is something very, very exciting. Now listen to what the Passion Translation says. My fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. It's an opportunity to, to experience and to come into a place of great, great joy. Now when we look at this and we come to this number one and we look at count, count, Counting, have a joyful attitude. Then we're going to ask ourselves some questions and we're going to work through some questions and it's going to bring some enlightenment. Amen. Once outlook determines your outcome, your outlook determines your outcome. An attitude determines an action. And God called or tells us to expect trials. You, you're going to have to expect trials. On this journey, on this walk with the Lord, you're going to have to expect trials. You're going to have to prepare yourselves for trials. Some of us are born into a fantasy. The moment we think we come into the kingdom of God, we are going to not face anything. We're not going to go through hardships and difficulties. It's like when you are a normal 
a normal civilian living in a city where there's gang violence and you're not part of the gang violence but the moment you join one of the gang one of the gang one of the gangs in your area that very moment you join those that gang you now become a a threat to the opposition and you also now become the enemy and that's what happened the day we came into 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 christianity or became children of god the moment we gave our hearts to the lord we now became an enemy of satan we now became a threat to his kingdom and because we are a threat to his kingdom he will not just laugh at us and look at us and just think that you're just going to walk by and you're just going to keep praying and you're just going to keep reading and you're just going to keep loving and he's going to bring priest to your home and he's going to give you joy it does not work that way i'm sorry if you thought that this is what you have signed up for but that is not what it's going to be the devil is going to fight you on all fronts one of the greatest one of the greatest blessings of becoming a child of god is that we are no longer an enemy of god according to Romans chapter 5 verse 1 but we have now become arch rivals to the devil one of the things i think the devil is mad because now we are taking that place that he lost in heaven as a worshipper because now we can worship the god almighty in the beauty of holiness and satan does not have that that's just my thought you know one of the things that will make satan hate us that much but the day you said yes is the day you you enlisted yourself in the army of the lord and you become a enemy of satan a woman was dying in a poor house when the doctor visited her he found her very bright and happy how can you be so happy the doctor asked her that is easy the woman said laughing hallelujah she said i just keep thinking about my move into my heavenly mansion that was her outlook outlook was thinking about when jesus promised promised about the mansions in heaven or when jesus promised about the beautiful things the places that you went to prepare for us and this was her outlook this was her outlook and many times we miss that because our outlook we don't have we don't have a clear picture of what god wants to do or what the outcome of something wants to do let's say you go into the into the into the into the into you join the local gym but you don't have and you don't see the the the, the outcome looking good like having good physique and so forth and so what happens to you after a few days of training you lose heart and you just quit even if you pay your membership for the whole 12 months you signed up for the contract you won't go back to gym because you don't have any, your outlook is not clear but let's say you have got you've got an outlook you know this is what you want to achieve this is how much weight you want to lose this is how you want to look in the next couple of months i'm telling you because your outlook is right you will now become faithful and you will keep going back to the gym day in and day out why because you've got a mental picture of what you want to become this woman had in a spirit something that was that kept her going that no matter what she what the condition on earth was she had an outlook my god my god say father today give us an outlook let us see let us see that's why whenever you're going through difficulties in like we're going through maybe i'm a, like i'm a minister now and god is taking and i'm going through trial, trials and hardships and tests the end result of this is that god's plan for me is to is to walk in the future with a weighty anointing and to be very impactful and when we don't see that then ministry can become tiring or you will lose hope or you lose faith sometimes when things aren't going right you immediately want to throw in the towel and that is what people what happens to many people who does not have a positive or a clear outlook hallelujah that means their outcome is either failure the outcome is they become quitters and we know that winners never quit and quitters never win now the bible says 
not if you are going through various trials but the bible refers to it when you go through various trials we need to understand the wording there we're not if we are going to go through many many trials while we are on this earth the believer who expects his christian life is going to be easy is definitely in for a great shock i'm here to shock you today you you are in for a shock Come, I tell you, when you come into the kingdom of God, not to scare you off, you're going to face hell and high waters. But the confidence that you have is that God will deliver you. Because the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord will deliver him out of them. Oh, that is the promise of those who are God's children, the righteous, those who have been made righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Lord will deliver you out of them all. I want somebody to take, I want somebody to, for your faith to grow, your expectation to grow. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus warned the disciples in the book of, of John chapter 16 and verse 33. Jesus said to them, in this world, you shall have tribulation. In this world, you shall have tribulation. Now, the word shall there means it's a definite you will face tribulations. And I love Jesus. Jesus wasn't that type of shepherd trying to make his people feel all good about the journey they're going to go on. Jesus said, Buddhas, you'll have signed up for this thing now. Boys, you'll have signed up for this thing now. You'll have come into this kingdom. I want you to know ahead of you, there's going to be storms. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be great, great fights for you to overcome. But one thing I can assure you is that I've got you. I've got you covered. I will never leave you nor will I forsake you. That is where we take hope in, is that he will never leave us, nor will he forsake us, that he will not suffer us to go through these things and not come and rescue us. My God, I thank God for that. I thank God for that. Hallelujah. Jesus warned his disciples, in the world there shall be many tribulations. Paul said to the, Paul said to the people in the book of Acts chapter 14 and verse 22, we must through much tribulation entering into the kingdom of God. Now, when I got saved in my first year of being born again, I didn't understand, you know, that in the church, you're going to come up against challenges and you're going to come up against people. And you're going to come up against negativity. And you're going to face people that might not um, always celebrate you, but will compete with you. And um, it caused me to look at the church life and come to that understanding, you know, that um, this is not worth it or this is not what I thought it's going to be about. I thought it's just going to be about a bless me, bless me. I thought it's going to be like a candy shop where you're just going to come to God or some slot machine just put in a prayer and you just get the withdrawal of an answer, you know. I thought it's going to be that type of road, but I was sadly mistaken. I was sadly mistaken. Now, Paul says this, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. He says, he uses the much. Jesus said, we shall. Paul says much. Because Paul understood this, that he, he, he was going to go through much tribulation. And we, we understand when Paul writes to, the, to, the, to those who call themselves super, super apostles. And Paul even says in Galatians, you know, he's got the scars. He's got the scars. And he went through much, much tribulation to get where he got to. And we need to understand that, that as children of God, we're going to go through suffering. We're going to go through hardships because if he, who is Jesus Christ, is our example, why would we then not go through these same challenges that Jesus faced? 
Jesus faced suffering. Jesus faced hardship. And he was a great, great example for us to know that we're going to go through these things. We're going to face these hardships. We're going to face the difficulties. But at the end of it all, God is going to sustain us. God is going to carry us. God is going to bring us out victorious. I mean, even those martyrs who died for the, for, the, for the sake of Jesus Christ, they died. They died in honor. They died even praying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. They died not with their heads down, but they died with their heads lifted up. They died with a confidence. They died with a hope. They died, you know, knowing that even if I put the stand down here, I'm going to pitch. I'm going to a new place. I'm going to, this earthly body of mine is fading, but my new body is going to be eternal. And that is the outlook that Paul had. Outlook determines outcome. You have to have a positive outlook. You have to have a godly outlook. I don't know, but when we're going to read through this or work through this particular text, we're going to see the different outlooks of people and how faith grew. And how those who, who, who had dreams never quit, how those who, who knew what God is going to do didn't give up because their outlook was right. I believe that many marriages and many people and many business people, you have given up because your outlook was not right. You need to know you're going to go through hardships. You're going to face difficulties. But God, but God. Because we are God's scattered people and not God's sheltered people, we will experience troubles. Now, a parent can shield a child for, for, for some time in their lives not to get hurt. But as a baby even, when a baby is crawling or starts to walk, they're going to bump their heads. They're going to knock themselves. They're going to have to go through the pains of, of being a child, of being a child, you know, of being this little child. They're going to have to go through these little trials and go through these little things. We cannot, we cannot stop that. Children are going to go through things. Even sometimes we try to shield our teens or our, our young adult children from things. There are things they're going to have to go through. There are things they're going to have to go through. They are in this world, but not of this world. And because we are in this world, we're going to encounter the things in this world. Hallelujah. Therefore, we cannot always expect everything just to go away. Some trials are simply going to come because we are humans. Sickness, accident, disappointments, and even tragedies. But other trials come because we are Christians. And I think most of them come because we are Christians. Because the devil is always trying to see, are you, are you tuned in? Are you tuned in? Remember, here's Job. Job, Job had nothing. He had no problems. He was prospering. He was doing well. Doing his sacrifices. Doing everything. Praying, worshipping the Lord. But one day Satan came to, to God and said, you know, let's see this guy, man. Is this guy serving you because of what you're giving him or because he's serving you because you are God? And we know that Satan came in the first chapter, everything. Second chapter, everything. But yet the Bible says, and Job remained righteous and did not say anything that was contrary. Even at one point, Job said, even though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Even at one point, Job said, my Redeemer liveth. Job had an outlook. And we're going to work through Job's outlook later on in the, in the teaching. Amen. So we understand that we're going to face trials. Peter says in the book of 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. Let's turn to 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. I just want us to get something here. 1 Peter 4 and verse 12. Turn with me into your Bibles, into 1 Peter 4. And verses 12. He says, Dear friends, don't 
Don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through, as if something strange were happening to you. So don't be surprised. So Peter even warns us, you know, don't be surprised when things come your way. You are a child of God. This, you are actually you are attracting, <laughs> you are attracting trouble just because you are a child of God. So child of God, do not lose heart, but stand strong in faith. Stand strong in faith. Hallelujah. I like the the the, the King James says, beloved. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trials. Now listen to this. He's using a terminology, fiery, fiery, fiery trials. It's not going to be easy trials. Fiery speaks about it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. It's going to be, it's going to be hot. And we need to understand that Satan fights us. The world opposes us. And this makes for a lifelong battle because we're always going to be in this world. And as long as Satan is still around, he's going to fight you. He's going to fight you on every front. We see throughout the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. There was always fight. There was always challenges. When it came to Satan, when it came to, comes to the world, there will always be a long fight. Satan is not going to sit back and just watch you succeed. He's after you. He is after you. Hallelujah. Therefore, the Bible uses this phrase, you know, when you fall into. And this does not suggest a stupid accident. But it, translate, it, it is translated an encounter or come across. It's translated encounter or come across. A Christian certainly should not manufacture his own trials. Don't manufacture trials. Don't go and look for things. Sometimes we, we, we go looking for things. We try to, we, we, we think if we, we bring ourselves into something and then have a victory over it. God is I believe that there are tailor-made trials for us, which God allows us to go through, because it's for our makeup. It's for what God wants to, what God wants to do in and through our lives. In and through our lives. Therefore, we understand the Bible uses the Greek word translated for 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 diverse or main, means diverse trials. Diverse trials in the King James. This word diverse also means various or very colored. Various. Of very colored. Now listen to that. It's either various trials or very colored. Peter uses the same word in First Peter one and verse six. He says, "You are in heavenness, in heavenness, sorry, through the manifold temptations. The trials of life are not all alike. They are like a very gathered yarn that the weaver uses to make a beautiful rug. God." arranges and mixes the colors and experiences of life and the final product is a beautiful thing for his glory now when we see when somebody is busy sewing or making something when we look at the back side of that thing it doesn't look so attractive but when you turn the thing around you see the picture clearly and this is what happens in our lives sometimes from the from when we are going through these things it does not look attractive it doesn't look good it doesn't look godly it doesn't look right but when god is done when God is done, you're going to, ah, the devil is in trouble. Somebody declare this, the devil is in trouble. My God, my God, my God. Yes, you are going through the storm. You are going through the trial. But your finished product is not going to look like what you see now. Tell somebody next to you or say to somebody, what you see now, you're not going to see again. Who you see now, you're not going to see again. Therefore, the Bible says, and Joseph's brothers did not recognize him. Somebody get ready for great change. Hallelujah. The trials of life are not all alike. They are all variegated yarn that the weaver uses to make us beautiful. And I understand it, right? So we need to understand that we must not judge God's work 
when God is busy with us. We need to understand He is not yet finished. He is not yet finished. They might look at you and think you are a failure. Job's friend, friends thought that Job sinned. Job's friends thought that Job was a mess up. Job's friends thought that Job um, committed the, the most hideous sins against God. But at the end, but at the end, Job prayed for him. God turned the captivity of Job and look at Job's life. I'm sure his friends could not believe when they came to the understanding that this was all a work of God and they saw the blessing. Sometimes you are in a calling, you are in a season where people are mocking you, ridiculing you and even cursing you and accusing you. And you are going through this season and you look unattractive. You look like you look like you're not going to, you look, you look like nothing at this point in time. But say, watch me now and watch me again because you are gonna, yeah, come on, come on. Your, 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 your children are a mess, your marriage is a mess, your business is a mess, but God is working. God is working behind the scenes. God is working behind the scenes. God is the weaver and He's putting that pattern together. And when you are done, you're going to be priceless. Oh, somebody get ready. Somebody get ready. When you started on this journey, you, you, you know, you didn't carry much weight, which means your value. You didn't have value. Therefore, some people will pay to see other people do something that somebody else does for free. Because what people has gone through while the weaver was busy weaving them together, some people went through the process and now they become an attraction. Now they have become an attraction and people come to see, people come to experience because there's something just different about you. God is going to do something amazing. Woo! I sense the Lord already working in somebody's heart, giving them that fresh hope, giving them that revived hope. And you're going to rise up. You're going to break through in Jesus mighty and majestic name. When we look at this, we look at um, we're looking at what the Bible says count, count. Now the word count also has a very important terminology in this particular text. The word count is a financial term and it means to evaluate. And Paul used it in several several times in the book of Philippians chapter three. In Philippians chapter three, when when Paul became a Christian, he evaluated his life and set new goals and priorities. And that should be every one of us goal, right? To set new goals and to set new priorities. Things that were once important to him became garbage in the light of the experience with Christ. Now we let's just go to the book of Philippians and try to get just a picture of this. We're doing a study, and I I don't want us to miss the the the, the, the weight in this, the weight in this, because there's something very important, very important. Hallelujah! That I want us to catch in this particular understanding and um look at paul look at paul let's look at paul paul was this jew paul had all the benefits everything but now listen when paul has this encounter with christ and his life is changing now he evaluates his life paul says you know in verses 5 philippians 3 verses 5 i was circumcised when i was eight years old i am a pure-blooded citizen of israel and a member of the trial of benjamin a real hebrew if there were ever was one i was member of the pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the jewish law i was so zealous that i harshly persecuted the church and as for righteousness i obeyed the law without fault i once thought these things were valuable but now i consider them worthless because of what christ has done for me he re-evaluated his life and when he looked back at what was a privilege to him now has become as garbage to him 
some things that we're gonna reevaluate in our lives. There are some things that we're gonna have to recheck, check and recheck. We're gonna re we have to reprioritize our lives. I believe that is what God is bringing us into is to reprioritize our lives because things that were important to Paul then is now garbage. And that is what happens when we come into the transformed life. Things that were important before we got saved are no longer important. The friends, the goals, the things that we did. Sometimes we can carry on doing fishing. We can carry on playing golf, carry on doing sports. But there are things now that becomes as garbage because these things are no longer a God unto you, an idol unto you. God now takes, um, um, he's, now, he's now the most prominent person in your life. When we face the trials of life, we must evaluate them in the light of what God is doing for us. What is God doing for us? And this explains why the dedicated Christian can have joy in the midst of trials. Because he can see what God is fashioning through this. He lives for the thing that matters the most. It's like when you give somebody a weaver pattern and you, you can see the final product. And you know that the weaver is busy and in the beginning it does not look attractive. Or an architect puts the business plans down while they're busy with the building. It looks unattractive. But when they're done, ah, come on. When they're done, when they are done, people are shocked when they ride past your house. When they look at that building, people will look at that weaver's patterns and things that they put together. And people will, and you can attach a price to it and people will even buy or bid highest, you know, anything that starts off in the beginning does not look attractive. When you're building a house, when you're building a car, when Noah was building an ark, nothing looked nice or made sense. But when it was finished, it fulfilled its purpose. It fulfilled and achieved its purpose. God has a divine purpose in your life. Even our Lord Jesus was able to endure the cross. Why? Because of the joy that was set before him, the joy of returning to heaven and one day sharing his glory with the church. This is what kept even Jesus going, the glory set before him. When we're going through these trials of life, when we're going through these hardships, I mean, some parents, when they're going through hardships in the workplace and going through difficulties, some have endured the hardest of trials. Why? Because they evaluated and the priorities were in place. They knew if they just step out of their job, they're going to they're gonna have to take their children out of university or take their children out of that good school or have to change some things in their lives. And so no matter what they go through, they endure because they know that at the end there's a reward. That child is going to finish school. That child is going to finish varsity. That child is going to achieve or that house that you're paying off or that things that you have. You know, when you prioritize properly, there's just an endurance. There's just something in you. It's like when you when you are looking for a good, a good physique and looking to work out properly and do certain things, your eating habits will change, your eating patterns will change because your goal is clear. Our values determines our evaluations. I'm going to say that again. Our values determines our evaluations. If we value comfort more than character, then trials will upset us. We value comfort more than character then trials will have set us. Some of us never wants to leave the old shores to discover the new horizons because we are comfortable in the place where we find ourselves. If we value the material and physical more than the spiritual, we will not be able to count it all joy. When you lose your car, Job lost all those material things. Job lost all those material things. But Job had a proper spiritual relationship with God. Therefore, Job, in the midst of that misery, Job had joy. Because we see it several times in the story, Job could say certain things and do certain things because Job had joy. 
Therefore, we need to understand if we live only for the present and forget the future, then the trials will make us bitter and not better. Too many are living in the present, not looking towards the future. Therefore, when they lose things and go through things, they become bitter and not better. Job had a right outlook when he said, Job 23 verse 10, Job 23 verses 10, But he knoweth the way that I take, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He knoweth the way that I should take, and when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I just want to go to Job 23 verses 10. Let's just turn there now in the Bible. That is from the, that is from the, um, Job, right? Job 23 verse 10. That is from the King James Version. Let's get, I just want to look at this. But he knows, let's look at the NLT. But he knows where I am going. When he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. I love that. He knows where I am going. And when he tests me, I will come out as pure gold. Look at this. Look at this amazing outlook of Job. Listen to the message Bible. But he knows where I am and what I have done. He can cross-examine me all he wants. And I'll pass the test with honors. Hallelujah. I'll pass the test with honors. I'll come forth as pure gold. Gold is valuable. Gold is valuable. And he knows that when he's gonna come out on the other side, he's gonna he's gonna have you know he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna carry a worth he's gonna have he's gonna he's gonna how can I put this you know he's gonna when he passed this test he's gonna come forth as as gold pure gold valuable valuable come on some of us has to go through the test to prove the genuineness of our faith. So when trials come, immediately give thanks to the Lord and begin to adopt a joyful attitude. Do not pretend or do not try to do anything like self-hypnosis and so forth, but give thanks to the Lord and adopt this joyful attitude. Do not pretend and do not do those type of things. Because remember now, outlook determines outcomes. To end with joy means we have, we have to begin with joy. We need to begin with joy. Therefore, we need to ask ourselves, is it possible to rejoice in the trials? I pray today that God will strengthen you, that you will have an out, you, your outlook will determine your outcome, and that you will now look differently at what you are going through and see the big picture. There's an end to your story. There's a greater glory to your story. Hallelujah. As we continue with the next teaching, we're going we're gonna to look in knowing to have an understanding mind when you're going through these trials. We're going to look at verse 3. We're going to break it down. And I pray that God is going to enrich you and bless you through this teaching. May God bless you and may you become the wonder God has planned for you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.